What's up, night fans? Welcome to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. My name is Jeff Sharon, alongside Eric Lopez. And uh, wow, we are jam-packed in this show, Eric, aren't we? We do. We got championships to talk about, clinching championships, uh, big UCF events going on, and oh yeah, we also have a spring break. Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, so we got lots to talk about. We had two guests in this podcast. It's great. We have uh, Emily Marin, head coach of UCF Women's Golf, um, coming off of their victory in the American Athletic Conference uh, Championships in Palm Coast in dramatic fashion. Went came down to the fifty fourth hole. At least the individual championship did. Um, they come back from down the stroke as a team to uh, heading into the final round to win it. Uh, and then we also talk with uh, Haley Outen from uh, the American Digital Network, who is running all over the place here in the Sunshine State, um, you know, covering golf and tennis championships are happening down at the National Tennis Complex in Lake Nona, and then men's golf after that. And it's just been it's a busy time for Haley, um, but it's a good time to talk to her because um, you know she obviously she's got the lowdown on what's going on with the Americans. So. Lots to get to in this show. Don't forget to follow us at UCF underscore Banneret. Follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon. And follow Eric at Eric Lopez Elo. You can hit us up on Facebook. Just search Black and Gold Banneret. Also, don't forget to go to blackandgoldbanneret.com. Sign up for email updates uh, whenever we post a new article or a podcast. Uh, you can also download this podcast uh, if you have not already. Uh, give us a rating, by the way. iTunes, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, and tune in radio. So, all right, Eric, let's get started. Women's golf. We are leading with women's golf. The Knights uh, coming off a weekend where at the Bryan National in Greensboro, North Carolina, where they finished 11th. They go to the American Championship. First after day one, they're up by as many as 15 strokes on day two, and then the bottom falls out on Monday in day two. And they're trailing by one stroke heading into the final round. In the final round, UCF battles back on the back nine and uh, eventually overtakes Houston and SMU. And then we come down to the 54th and final hole as the final group is coming in. Ashley Holder, UCF senior leader, is, uh, is there. Um, she, had been, she was in the final group. She's rolling through the final few holes. Um, Finally takes the lead, takes a one-stroke lead. She pars the final hole to win the individual championship. UCF by then had basically clinched the team championship uh, by some five strokes. And uh, UCF are the champions of the American Athletic Conference uh, for the second time in three years. It's Emily Marin's second championship. They won it back in 2015. And uh, a big win for UCF. Another, and now here's here's what UCF did on that final hole. And do credit to Emily Marin and her players. They clinch in one shot the team championship for women's golf and a spot in the NCAA's. The individual championship with Ashley Holder winning by, winning the individual title by one stroke. And they clinched the war on I four because they finished higher than USF. Um, and uh, and took the six points in women's golf. How about that? It's not a bad few couple days, right? Not a bad way to spend your time. Uh, tremendous. I mean, what a way to say. Always be closing, huh? And they were the, they could always be saying that women's golf was the sport that clinched the championship and the war on I-4. 
win the championship and uh, the conference in dramatic fashion. I mean, it's uh, remarkable and a tremendous credit. And uh, it's uh, wow, it's certainly a memorable one for that group. Uh, I think they won't forget anytime soon. Proud for Ashley Holder as a senior, her final AAC AAC tournament. Um, she uh, she clinches the championship. The Knights uh, had seven birdies on the back nine. Three of them from her, including a big one on uh, uh, a big birdie on thirteen. Um, she was trailing uh, Leonie Harm of Houston by one stroke. Um, but then all of a sudden on the 13th, she took the lead. So congrats to the entire UCF women's golf team and their head coach, Emily Marin, uh, whom I had the distinct pleasure of speaking with, uh, earlier today. We record this on Thursday, April the 20th. Um, and the night's coming off of their championship. Uh, Emily was kind enough to join us here on the black and gold banneret podcast. So here is, uh, our interview with UCF head women's golf coach, Emily Marin. And joining me now is head coach Emily Marin of UCF, fresh off of her second American Athletic Conference title. Coach, congratulations. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel great. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with the tournament you had. Um, you, you come into after the first you, – you lead by one after the first round. You are down one stroke as a team heading into the third and final round. What did you tell your players – before they went to bed that night about what they had to do in the final round? Yeah, that's probably the most uh, popular question in the last <laughs> couple of days. And the funny part about college golf is they don't know that. They don't know that we had this big lead and we lost it to turn on the second day. The coaches know that, but as players, they didn't really know. They just know how they're playing. And um, so I just kind of kept it positive and said, you know, we're playing really well. And, um, that they just needed to be prepared tomorrow for it to be close, and it would come down to those last couple holes, and um, you know, they, just to stay calm and, and fight through it. The so okay, so I'm always interested in this dynamic. Now, I've co- I covered college golf at UCF, you know, about ten years ago, and went to a couple of tournaments out there, and I was always interested in that dynamic. How. As a coach, you know what's going on. You know what the you know where where everyone is. And I was watching the and I was as I was watching the final hole. You know, I saw you alongside Ashley Holder, and 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 there was sort of. Do you sort of get the feeling that like okay, I can't tell her too much because that might mess everything up. Do you? How do you balance that as a coach? Yeah, I mean, you definitely just want to keep them calm, relaxed. I would say probably 90% of coaching is just, you know, chit-chatting with them, just like a caddy would on the PGA or LPGA Tour. You're just out there to keep them relaxed. And, you know, some of them will ask, how's the team doing? And I know which players actually want to know the truth and what players, you know, you just need to say, oh, we're doing okay. But they, they handled it really well. A lot of them asked how we were doing, and they would say, no, we want to know. So they handled it great. I mean, that's not easy to be out there with that kind of pressure, and I was so proud of how they handled the pressure that day. Ashley Holder brings home the individual tournament. What has she meant to your team this year? Yeah, not only this year. I mean, Ashley, from the start, has just been uh, huge for our program. I, she's from here in Orlando, and she really had the choice to go wherever she wanted. That's how good she was coming out of high school. And she chose to stay here uh, at UCF. And I know it meant a lot to her to take this program to a different level. I mean, ever since she's been here, we've been a top 25 program. And I think that's what she wanted. You know, she wanted to come here and make a difference and leave an impact. And she's certainly doing that. 
How about on that 54th hole, as you guys are coming down the stretch, you're right there with her, and she has to, and her shot to the green, I was watching the tournament, um, looked like she kind of went middle of the green, and then she came up short, and then her, and then the, the other two golfers for Houston and SMU, um, they had shorter putts, but they, were, they weren't able to convert, and then she you know, did what she had to do to par that hole. Take us through that final hole that you were, that you were with her and how she played that, uh, that final hole to clinch both the individual title and to wrap up the tournament title. Well, yeah, my assistant coach, Steve Sims, and I kind of tag team there because I had been on hole 17, the par three club and the girls, and Steve was up ahead. So I was with Ashley on the tee shot and the second shot, and then I just told Steve, go ahead. He had been there with all the other girls. He kind of saw how the hole was playing. So he went ahead and clubbed her, and he said she was just in between clubs, and, and that's the type of shot you don't want to be long because long is no good. It's in the water. So I think, you know, having a, a one-shot lead, she kind of was playing safe, and it's just a really difficult green. And when she got up to the green, she likes – typically she asked me to read putts, so I went out there with her, and it was a heck of a putt. I mean, she had about a 25-foot – but that was breaking a lot. And, um, you know, in that moment, you don't want to say, hey, just try to get it close, because sometimes if you say that, like you said, you say too much. So I just said, hey, you know, just pick the right line here and just trust it. And she left herself about seven or eight feet. It was a little bit too far for, for my liking. But, you know, again, we read the putt, and I just knew in my heart she was going to make that, and I, I couldn't be happier for her. Oh, what a clutch putt that was to finish it yeah. out too. I mean, I I, I was uh, I was in my office watching the live stream on the American Digital Network, and and I kind of jumped up. And I was like, yes! And everyone was like, what happened? I'm like, college golf. Don't worry about it. It's it, yeah. it was it was, yeah. it was one. It was yeah, it was it was a heck of a putt. In your playing career, did you ever have a putt like that? Boy, um, I can't remember. I think to qualify for the U.S. Amateur one year. I knew it was going to be I, – I was in a playoff, actually, my first U.S. Amateur, actually against one of my teammates at Penn State, and I had a birdie putt on the very first playoff hole to, to make it to go to the U.S. Amateur, and I made it. So it's an exciting feeling. I was so happy for And, you know, as a coach, you're just sitting there silently saying a few prayers to yourself, and I just – you know, I just knew she was going to make it. She has come so close so many times, and she's been runner-up twice, and it was just her time. Us, uh, us lay people out here, we're looking at that putt. I, I'm, I mean, I was watching and saying, oh, my God, I'd be freaking out at this. But um, you've, had, you've talked about, you know, your experience as a player, and I'm sure that filters down to your players as well. Are you nervous at that point when you're standing over that putt knowing what's, knowing what's on the line? Or, or at that point, are you just locked in? I think you're probably, for her, she was probably just locked in. I mean, the nerves is something you deal with all the time. I mean, whether it's the last putt or the first tee shot, and, you know, you just work a lot on breathing techniques and just kind of reminding yourself that you've made a thousand of these putts in practice. And, again, I tell them all the time, it's just golf. You know, it's just a game. You know, if you make or miss this putt, we have to be willing to accept whatever happens. And, you know, life's going to go on. It's, it is just a game. So I, I preach to them all the time. You know, what's important to me is that they're good people and they, they try their very best and you know just being grateful for the opportunity and what happens happens I really had a point on the back nine I was telling my assistant coach where I I just thought what's meant to be is going to be so it just kind of calmed me a little bit to know hey however this is supposed to work out I'm, I'm fine with that so it was kind of a calming feeling so you guys are up to 24th in the golf week rankings right now just behind Texas ahead of Wake Forest uh Next up on the docket is the NCAA Regionals, May 8th through the 10th, uh, site to be determined right now. Give us the lay of the land right now. What, uh, what are you looking at as far as 
where you might be able to go. Um, will we, you know? Will it be nearby? Will UCF fans be able to come see you? What, what's the field going to look like from your perspective for the NCAA's? Yeah, there's four sites: uh, Ohio State, Georgia, Texas Tech, or New Mexico. Those are the four sites. Okay. Um, I've played the Ohio State course in college. I've been to Athens, Georgia. I've been to the course at New Mexico. So Texas Tech is the only one I haven't seen, but we could get sent anywhere, and we'll find out next Thursday. But for our team, I think the harder the course, the better. I think that that separates teams a little bit. So we're hoping we maybe get to Georgia or Ohio State. I think those courses are tough, and we we could do pretty well there. You said after this, uh, after the final round, you said you know conference championships are special. Is this one the same? Better? How is it different? How is it the same from 2015? Uh, like I said, they're all special because they're so rare. I mean, we get to conference championships, anything can happen, and each and every single one special. You have a different team every year, and I was so happy for this group that, you know, it was an up-and-down tournament from start to finish, and um, I was just so proud that they pulled it out. Cool. Well, we're so happy that you did pull it out, too, and uh, congratulations to you. Congratulations to the team. Best of luck come NCAA uh, selection time, and uh, we'll be keeping an eye on you, Coach. All right, thanks. We appreciate your support. Good night. Thanks once again to uh, Emily, and thanks to Andy Seeley for uh, uh, arranging this for us and having uh, and ha- getting us to have Emily on the show. Always thankful to Andy. He's the best in the business. So, wow, another uh, conference championship for UCF. I-, I really do think that this is this year, um, and the uh, in the Danny White era is a harbinger of things to come for. You know, we call them the Olympic sports for UCF, but I think that there, if there's two sports that UCF can be not just really good at, but you know, nationally dominant, it's golf and tennis because Orlando is a golf and tennis town. You know, Central Florida, it's golf and tennis, and uh, we've seen success on the golf end, but you know, they're starting to kick it into another gear uh, with men's and women's golf. Men's golf, by the way, the one seed heading into next week's. Um, American Athletic Conference uh, tournament in Palm Harbor. Um, and then, of course, we've, we've talked you know, quite a bit this year about John Roddick and tennis. So what do you think about this? I, I mean, I've always thought that, you know, that this is, this, these are two sports where UCF really could be nationally competitive. And now it's starting, it feels like it's starting to come around, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, golf certainly has been very successful. You followed it for a long time, so yeah. it's not a surprise. And even women's golf, they've had professional players uh, go to the professionally play uh, through the program. So, but uh, Emily's done a heck of a job since taking over at UCF. And uh, you know, I, I think no question. I think there's championships. Well, certainly golf and tennis uh, are great opportunities. And really, think about it how it lines up, especially this year with. All those championships, golf and tennis, being in the same state in Florida. Right. I mean, uh, which that's why because you know, the weather elsewhere, you know, it's not it's not quite good enough, right? and this is this is the place to have it, right? Correct. So I could see this being the norm in the future, and then you know, you look at the the big story this week with the NCAA announcing the championship sites, and for the tennis championships, twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one, to be at that USTA Center in Lake Nona, UCF will host that. That's going to be big. Uh, that's going to be John Roddick's third year at UCF. So, uh, you know, UCF, as I've said in this podcast before, I think will be a national title contender in tennis, and at least on those years, uh, have a chance to uh, not, you know, they can do it at their own park 
in their own stadium to do it. And the, yeah. the, that's where the journey will take them to. So, um, and golf, I mean, you're playing in your backyard in the state of Florida. So even if it's not your own home, if you will, where you play, but, um, no question. I mean, I, I think no question from a back, a, a backbone standpoint, golf and tennis, I think will definitely, uh, clean up. And I think for years, and it's going to be interesting to see how the other schools compete against UCF and especially in this war on I-4, you know, so much focus on the basketball and the football and all that. But, you know, you mentioned it. I mean, UCF has a chance to clean up against UCF in golf and tennis, uh, the way it's going, which will be a fascinating, art, uh, you know, rivalry, uh, storyline when you come to the trophy and certainly in golf. So, uh, very, very, very big advantage for UCF moving forward. And I think the future is definitely bright. A couple notes on stuff coming up. Women's tennis, by the way, as we're recording this on Thursday, April the 20th, uh, women's uh, uh, tennis is taking place right now. The men's and women's are both taking place um, essentially simultaneously um, down in Lake Nona. Uh, women's tennis, uh, UCF defeated Houston uh, in the 8-9 match, 4 nothing on Wednesday, but they fell today to the number one seed, Tulsa, 4-1. Uh, to one. Uh, So uh, UCF has been uh, eliminated by the one seed, Tulsa. Tulsa's pretty good. Um, and uh, uh, they made a deep push. They made a deep push into the NCAA tournament yeah, last did. year. Did women's team in Tulsa? In fact, they went to the I believe Sweet 16 uh, last year. So that is not a surprise. Tulsa, Tulsa is tremendous in both men and women's tennis. So that is not a surprising result. I remember with UCF women's tennis, first year head coach trying to rebuild that program mm-hmm. a little bit. So uh, building blocks there. Yeah. So Brian Kaniko, I want to congratulate them on uh, on a really good season. His first season. He's going to be. Uh, I, he's going to be bringing along some pretty big things, too, as well for UCF women's tennis. Men's tennis, on the other hand, they get started at noon on Friday, uh, April 21st. Uh, They are the three-seed. John Roddick's team takes on the six-seed Tulsa. That's a noon start down at the the Tennis Center uh, in Lake Noda. Uh, Winner of that match plays the winner of Tulane, the two-seed, and Temple, the seven-seed. USF, by the way, the one-seed in the tournament. So, uh, ooh, that could shake out. Wouldn't that be fun, huh? War on I four for the uh, for the American Championship would be uh, would be something would be something to see. The finals of the American Men's Tennis Championship take place Sunday. That's April twenty. You may have to head out there if that happens. Yeah, right? you may have. People have been telling you to go there. That might not be a bad time to make your debut. That might be <laughs> that might be the right time to do it. I'll tell you. Ah, oh, boy, that's going to be well. Even if it's not UCF versus USF, it's just, if it's UCF and anybody. Uh, I got right. ma- to make some time to get down there. Uh, men's golf also just wanted to mention UCF comes in as the one seed. Bryce Waller's crew uh, uh, ahead of Houston, the two seed. UC- USF, the three seed. Uh, they get started at the Innisbrook Resort Copperhead Course uh, in uh, Palm Harbor. Uh, that gets underway Sunday uh, as well, Sunday, April 23rd. Night's uh, early tea time, 8.50. Or, uh, well, Early tea time. No, the earliest tea time out there is 8 o'clock sharp uh, for the 4, 5, and 6 teams, SMU, Cincinnati, and ECU. But uh, UCF tees off at uh, between 8.50 and 9.30, of course. And you do, you do, you do uh, three golfers, one from each of the top three. So, um, so yeah, that's how they're going to roll through. And uh, round three, final round, is Tuesday, April 25th. Again, that's down at Palm Harbor. So uh, make sure you hit up the American dot org for 
the latest information on Championship Central over there. Speaking of the American.org and the American Digital Network and Championship Central and all that, coming up next, our second guest of the podcast, Haley Outen from the American Digital Network, um, digital reporter and just knower of all things American, is going to join us here on the Black and Gold Banneret podcast to talk about uh, the tennis and golf championships uh, and what she's got in store. So stick around. You don't want to miss that. Black and Gold Banneret podcast with Jeff Sharon and Eric Lopez. We're back after this. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Andrew Fegley. And I'm Trey Strelko. Um, uh, um, where are we? This isn't our usual spot. It looks like we've landed in the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard of those guys. You know, Nightline has UCF sports covered. Week in and week out, we bring you interviews with newsmakers and in-depth analysis of UCF sports. Subscribe to our weekly podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to Nightline on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at UCF underscore Nightline. Trace, can we go back to the 1148 studios now and start working on our next all-new Nightline? How do we get out of here? Go Knights! Charge on! Now back to you guys in the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. And welcome back to the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez with you. Continuing our coverage of the American Golf and Tennis Championships throughout this weekend. One person who's there for literally all of it and crisscrossing the state of Florida is Haley Outen. She's the uh, digital reporter for The American. You can catch her on theamerican.org. All over Twitter, all of the um, Americans... Uh, uh, Twitter handles. They have a, they have one for every sport, basically. And Haley covers everything, football, basketball. But this is uh, certainly the time when uh, she's at her busiest as she's jetting between, you know, she's got women's golf and Palm Coast, then here in Orlando, Lake Nona for tennis, then over to men's golf in Palm Harbor. So, uh, but she's been, she was kind enough to take a few minutes out of her busy time right now to talk a little uh, American tennis, golf, tennis and golf. And here she is, Haley Outen from the American Digital Network. And joining us now from the American Digital Network, she's the voice and the face of the American Athletic Conference all over the interwebs, Haley Outen joining us. Haley, what's going on? Hey, guys. I'm loving life down in Florida, just in full spring championship mode. Yeah, I was going to say, are you living out of a hotel room in, in various locations throughout the Sunshine State? Because we got golf, we got tennis. Uh, we just had the women's golf tournament in Palm Coast. Uh, USTA National Campus in Orlando for men's women's tennis. Then you're going over to Palm Harbor for men's golf. This is a busy 10-day trip, isn't it? It's a long stretch. Everyone was kind of giving me a hard time. They're like, we can't even imagine how big your suitcase is. And um, <laughs> I admit that there's actually two of them. So even worse than people expected. <laughs> but look at the bright side. It's all in the state of Florida. That's not. It could be worse, right? That's true. That's right. I had to bring all my summer options. I forget what it's like to dress in this weather, so I had to had to bring it all. Yeah, well, you had to dig through the closet, especially when you're, you're when you're coming from Providence, where it's what, what's the temperature in Providence right now? Um, I try to not look because I know it's better here, but I heard the other day it was like 45 degrees, and it's actually oh people in New England. I'm, I'm from California, but people in New England they actually like switch out their clothes every season. So and not even just like in the closet, like people put their winter stuff like in the summer, they put it under the bed and vice versa. So yeah. I was pulling out like I had to go under the bed. It wasn't just the closet. So it was it was uh, it was a lot of work. We used to, <laughs> when I lived up north, we used to throw them in the attic and then we'd pull them down. 
There you go. Unbelievable. So, so let's get started. Let's talk a little tennis and golf. Actually, we'll start a little golf. We talked, uh, we talked with Emily Marin of UCF, um, fresh off her, her second uh, conference championship, uh, and UCF getting the win in a rather dramatic fashion up in Palm Coast, wouldn't you say? They get, they get the, uh, the big putt on, uh, on the 54th hole uh, to win it. You were there. What, did you, what were your impressions of the tournament and UCF's performance? You know what? It was such an amazing win to witness, and especially like you just mentioned on 18. I mean, there were so many people surrounding it, and you know, it just the tournament really shifted quite a bit every day. So I think just watching it all unfold, and on 18, um, it appeared that UCF at that point had clinched the team championship. But Ashley Holder, um, she had a lot of fans there rooting for her to win this one after falling short the past couple of seasons. But we thought we were going to see some extra golf there at the end. Um, it was definitely some people holding their breaths. And I know when I talked to Ashley afterwards, uh, I think that was a huge sigh of relief uh, when she sunk that putt. Yeah, and, and uh, what's that like? I mean, for people that don't follow as closely, I mean, there's two different things going on. There's the team championship, and there's the individual championship. I mean, there's a lot of things going on and to monitor. And like you mentioned, it's coming down to the wire. That's uh, what What is that like to cover a championship like that where there's all those things going on? You know, it's actually, I mean, it's a little bit difficult, and I really admire, um, I think, just the whole like team aspect of golf because, I mean, especially – those first couple of days, I mean, we streamed uh, the round or round three rather on the American Digital Network, trying to give people some different looks throughout the day. But the first couple of days, you're kind of like you're racing around the course, you're trying to figure out who's hot, who's not, you know, and just basically following on live stats and trying to be at the right holes at the right time and, and figure it all out. But you know, as the tournament develops, you kind of you kind of know who's feeling it, you know who the contenders are, and you try to stick with those groups. But um, it's a good challenge covering an event like that. But um, especially for the coaches, I'm just so impressed with how they do it because they really, you know, you can tell the coaches throughout the tournament, they tend to stick with certain players. Um, you know, some players like the coaches following them and giving them advice um, hole to hole, and other people, the coaches show up and it makes them nervous. So the coaches really has to know the player's style um, and coach Marin definitely stuck with Ashley Holder a lot throughout this tournament. And, uh, Ashley, I think likes having coach with her, kind of giving her that advice and extra insight, um, throughout the championship. So it's an interesting thing to see because coaches can't watch everything that's going on. They can't be, there's only, you know, a couple of them. So you have five people out there and, you know, they take the top four scores. So they have to strategically kind of place themselves. Switching gears over. Uh, actually, I was going to let me go back to that. I was going to say because it is kind of chaotic. I mean, I've caught, you know, I covered a couple UCF tournaments before back in the day. And um, and you're right. It, it really is just like that. But uh, I, and, and I was asking Emily about, you know, you're coming down the 54th hole. You know what is going on, but your players may not. Like, how do you balance that? And she was like, you know, I just kind of trust my players on that. And, and I thought that that was key to UCF's victory. And uh, and now she's on her way to, um, or UCF rather, is on their way to the uh, NCAA's. Um, what do you think their chances might be to fare in that uh, once they get to the NCAA regionals? Well, you know what? When I talked to Ashley about it um, after they had won the championship, you know, it was a great tournament for her. Even though she struggled a little little bit on day two, but you know, she told me that she really likes the way that she's been playing, and um, you know, she's very confident right now. 
And so she knows she's been in these situations. And so she feels confident that she's able to um, put herself in a position to definitely compete at the highest level, um, both at the American tournament, but also moving forward, like you just mentioned in the NCAAs. But um, I think she was overall just really proud of her team. And she just kept saying, like, this is a great confidence booster. This is great momentum heading into a regional like that, because in round two, um, you know, you sort of alluded to it, but just kind of the shifting and the turning throughout the tournament. I mean, UCF at the turn on day two, they had a 15 stroke lead. And at that point, you're kind of like, okay, they've, they've probably won this thing here on day two. And then on the back nine, they just kind of, all of them as a team, they struggled um, and ended up going into the third round uh, stroke behind Houston, a stroke down. So um, I think just the fact that they were able to not get in their heads too much and they were able to bounce back and refocus on day three, I think that's a pretty good sign for things to come in the NCAA tournament. Let's switch gears over. Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, now you got to turn your attentions going from the golf championships coming down to the tennis championships. You and the crew will be covering the women's tennis championships and the men's tennis championships. Uh, tennis championships you're going to be there throughout the whole uh, process at the new usta center at lake nona which has been a, a big hype uh you know event it's a new building uh, in fact they just announced they're going to host the national championship in tennis in 2019 and 2021 and uh one of the storylines ucf a new head coach big turnaround with john roddick a lot of great programs in this tennis championship uh that's going to have multiple teams going to the ncaa it really sets up for an exciting uh, weekend yeah, it should be a great week, and I'm sure you guys have seen this facility right here in Orlando, but it is my first time, and I pulled up, and you're just kind of like, wow, um, this is this is pretty surreal, and uh, you just you walk in, and you're just kind of like taken aback by just this, it's a campus of tennis courts and, you know, amenities, and it's a really, really impressive place, but I think um, you know, it's a great place for this tournament and it's, it's awesome, you know, as a fan or a reporter covering this thing. Cause I mean, just like the live scoring and this, you know, on the courts and, uh, you can have a pretty great view from just about anywhere, but, um, yeah, it's a lot this week. I'm like trying, you know, every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, wait, what sport am I covering today? And I don't know what day of the week it is, but I know it's day two that just wrapped up of the, the tennis championship. So that's how I'm kind of keeping track of things right now. But um, the men really get going tomorrow and, uh, women are already in the semifinals tomorrow. So it's kind of a whirlwind. There's, there's so many games and, or matches rather, uh, I'm stuck in other sports, so many matches, uh, going on. Um, but it's a very competitive tournament and we saw some great tennis today and it's hot and there's teams from all over the country coming to play in this thing. So you kind of started to see the heat actually kind of have an impact today. So UCF came up short, at least on the women's side. They uh, they fall in the quarterfinals today earlier to Tulsa. UCF was the eight seed. Tulsa's the one seed. Tulsa's a good team. We knew that coming in. Um, but over on the men's side, uh, UCF comes in as the three seed and a dramatic improvement. And men's tennis in particular for the American, a very strong sport. You have a number of teams in the top, I think, 35 in the country. I think four teams in the top 35. Um, UCF, obviously, is one of them. How do you assess the Knights' chances uh, heading into this, what should be a very difficult and entertaining men's tournament? Yeah, I mean, you see Tulsa as a sixth seed, but Tulsa has a great tennis tradition, and, you know, they're, they're competitors every single year. That's a team that's used to competing in American championships and they're used to playing in the final and they're used to playing in the postseason. So, um, 
you know, they have that experience, I think, behind them. But for UCF, I think, you know, especially, you know, you can't really ignore it. I mean, they're used to playing in this facility. They're used to playing in this weather. So um, I think, you know, there's probably a little bit and maybe an advantage going into that. So, you know, they're on their home turf here. And I think they're feeling pretty good about about their season and their turnaround. And so, you know, they're kind of a team that probably has quite a bit of confidence going into this week and maybe a new life, so to speak. So, you know, it's, it's interesting here, you know, watching in the postseason and no matter what sport you play, um, just the things that can happen. I mean, today we saw a seven seed in USF take out the two seed Tulane on the women's side. And that was, I mean, that was a brutal, brutal matches all over the place going on. So anything can happen, but Hey, I think UCF's got a good shot. What, give me the perspective. You have a fantastic perspective because you cover all of, just about all of the American Conference championships. They're almost at every championship. If you're not at the championship, it's usually probably why because you're at another championship <laughs> at the same time. Uh, whether guess. it be your, yeah, so you're you know you and you know you cover the mainstream. You're at football, men's basketball, women's basketball. You mentioned and, and you know American Digital Network covers the tennis championships, the golf championships. You're going to be back in Greenville for the softball championships. You got Clearwater for baseball. Give us that perspective. What's it like to cover all these American championships and kind of the contrast and the similarities from sport to sport? Yeah, it's interesting because I think most of the country, at least you know maybe in this profession, they'd have a big sigh once basketball season and the NCAA tournament comes to an end. And it's very deceiving for me because while I, I do have a little bit of a sigh after 20 games in eight days at our American championships for the men and the women, I realize that in a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to do more traveling than I've done all year because um, you look at, you know, the golfs and the tennises, the tracks, the you know, the rowing, softball, baseball. I mean, there's, there's so many spring sports. Um, and it's, it is really interesting kind of getting out and, you know, covering these Olympic sports. Um, it's, it's been a great learning experience for myself. I mean, I enjoy watching, um, you know, all these sports on TV and especially in person and beautiful weather and whatnot, but it's a good challenge. You kind of learn some different, different aspects. You know, I don't get to cover golf every day, so it's, it's good to get out there and, and do some different things. But, um, you know, I will say at all of our championships, it's so it's fun because I think that while everyone's playing their different sports and, you know, have different skill sets, um, just the same feeling is definitely, I would say the same across the board when it comes to just that like competitive postseason feeling. It doesn't matter, um, you know, if you're on a quiet golf course or in a packed arena, you kind of feel the nerves of the postseason and just the, the teams, you know, kind of giving it all they have because at the end, most of these situations, no matter where you're at, it's winner go home and you have, you know, seniors that are all in the same position, no matter what sport you play. And so I think that part of the college game is, is really, really cool. And you get to wrap it up once again here in the state of Florida by heading to uh, Innisbrook resort in Palm Harbor for the American men's golf. Tournament. I looked at your schedule, by the way. So we had women's golf, April 16th through 18th, women's and men's tennis, April 19th through the 23rd. And men's golf starts the 23rd and ends the 25th. And uh, you're heading over to Palm Harbor for the men's golf tournament where UCF is the one seed heading into that tournament. Um, Give us a quick preview of that. What should we look for? What do you expect to see? 
it's just going to be really good. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to start really focusing on men's golf on Sunday. Right. <laughs> when these two I don't blame you spend, one bit. <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest with you guys. But I actually i am going to miss uh, round one of that championship because we'll be finishing up with the men's final um, for tennis that day. But I'll be out there for rounds two and three on Monday and Tuesday. And I'll have a whole fresh and a whole different perspective on those days. But it's going to be it's going to be competitive. It's always good when you have both Florida schools in there. You know, I think when your Florida schools, you know, aren't good at golf, you know, there's, there's a problem because you have one of the best states to play golf in in the whole entire country. So to see both of uh, the Florida schools in that group is, is great. Do you see? Uh, uh, well, are you driving over to Palm Harbor from Orlando, or are you are you are, are you flying over? One hundred percent. I'm going to pack up here our coverage on Sunday. I'm going to drive through Tampa, stop and see a friend, and continue my way on to, to Innisbrook. And I think it's about an hour and a half, two-hour drive from here. So, you know, just continuing the road trip through the Sunshine State. All right. Well, now, you, uh, Haley on the I'm, road, the tour, the tour continues yeah. over to the yeah, West Coast. Yeah, why don't we get behind the- we need to get a behind the scenes there. We could get a American Digital exclusive there, like traveling with you know right there all throughout the state for you. We should just follow a camera with you. You know, it's it it would. I don't know that it would be as you know exciting as you're hyping it up to be right now. It's a lot of a lot <laughs> was, of country music and a lot of Starbucks. Say, and a I've lot taken of, that drive you know, before. It's, stuff going on. I was going to say I've taken that drive before. <laughs> it's awful. It there's just nothing. It's just flat. There's nothing happening. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. I got the windows down, just soaking in, soaking in life. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Out on the open road. Cool. Well, Haley, uh, where can, uh, let's uh, tell us where we can find you online. Where can we find uh, the, the stuff that you put out every day um, that you work so hard on? And, and we do appreciate it because we, you know, we see where's Haley today? Oh, she's in. Oh, she's at golf. She's at tennis. She's at the basketball <laughs> tournament. So, uh, where can people uh, reach out to you? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, we're we're a small staff, but we try to cover as much as we possibly can. I have an awesome team that works with me. And, you know, to find our stuff, um, you know, theamerican.org is a great place. But I would say, you know, we're super active on Facebook and YouTube. Those are great places where you can find all of our video content. Um, I try to share a lot of it personally myself on Twitter. But the great thing is that all of our sports have their own Twitter handle. So American underscore pretty much whatever sport you're interested in um, is a great place to find it. But we try to we try to post all of our digital stuff to just about every platform we can. We know everybody's on different things. So we try to try to reach and, and cater to as many as we can. But Facebook, YouTube, Twitter everywhere american <laughs> undersc- yeah american underscore mw golf i believe is the twitter handle and for tennis Got it's it. american underscore 10 t-e-n-n and of course uh the american on twitter as well so Haley, thank you so much for uh taking some time for us uh nice job racking up the frequent flyer miles <laughs> and, yeah there you uh, go that's Safe travel, safe travels out there, and we will catch you. Uh, well, I guess we'll catch you at Lake Nona through the weekend, and then out at Palm Harbor for golf. And then I'll get to see you, Eric, in Greenville. That's right. Let uh, me ask you about that. You're, it's not Florida weather, but it's uh, that'll be an exciting week for you because you'll be back here, alma mater. I don't think you've hosted a championship or covered one there yet in recent since you've been here at the American Conference, have you? I have not, so I'm extremely excited um, to head back there. And it may not be Florida weather, but Greenville doesn't usually let me down in May either. It's not too bad there. So uh, you you have first dibs on the Greenville tour. And, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> It'll be good, I promise. And then I, and then the I next time I see you, Haley, will be at the uh, baseball tournament in Clearwater too. So, absolutely. So a big, a big month in May for the three of us. We got a lot of time together. All right, Haley. Thank you so much. Uh, like we said, safe travels. We'll catch you down the road. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Talk to you soon. And our thanks once again to Haley for uh, joining us here. And uh, you can catch again American Digital Network, theamerican.org. Everything is there. I mean, I love the online presence that the American has. They've done a very good job. And can't can't say enough about the job that Haley's done. You know, I've done this before for UCF in particular. I you know I I thought it was tough doing it for you know covering all these sports and all these you know coinciding championships uh, for 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 one school. She's got to cover all the schools, <laughs> so she yeah. has a busy job. Really does, and I mean she's literally been just about every American Conference Championship you know possible. I mean she's covered the football and the basketball; those are easy. But you know this week, I mean. Got to do the women's golf. Then you go into tennis, and you got to do women's tennis, and then men's tennis, and yeah. then you go to men's golf. I mean, it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, uh, fortunately for her, this week, this year, uh, everything's in Florida, so it's not a right. you know, that's good consolation. But um, you know, then we'll see her later on, as we mentioned on the interview. We'll be uh, home in her home in Greenville for the softball championships, and uh, then she'll be in Clearwater for baseball as well. Uh, you'll be there, and I'll be there in Greenville. Mm-hmm. I might actually sweep by in Clearwater. I, I think I'm inspired by the interview. I got to hit up that baseball tournament. That's the one I have. I've not hit the baseball tournament yet, uh, and I know you covered it, worked it last year, and you had. You said it was one of your favorite uh, weeks. It was an yeah. absolute blast. I had such a good time uh, at the American Baseball Championship. Perfect place to have it is Clearwater. You like it a lot, I don't love you? It yeah. There, so I, got, yeah. I okay. So I'm going to make this a proclamation, uh, especially with the way baseball season's going. I'm, I'm going to go one of those days with you. Like you're working yeah. it, I'm just going to go as a. I'm going to go and, and enjoy. I have to do that. I've I've been to the bat, you know, the basketball tournament, softball. Obviously, I'll be working that for the second year. Very fortunate on that part of the great crew, the American Digital Network, and uh, and and that they don't get enough credit. Uh, I've been impressed, and I'm not just saying that because I've worked in and you've worked with them, but the extensive hours of coverage. Oh, like, yeah. I have seen the golf coverage, for example. I mean, it starts early. And it I, goes wa- all I, watched the, the, the 50, I watched the 54th hole live. Yeah. And you want to talk How about awesome Trump? That? that was great. That was a lot of fun. That That's that's pretty awesome. and. Uh, I, I think if you're if you're everybody every golf program and tennis program you have to appreciate that and I think that's just you're right I mean that that was cool and, and and it helps because what happens is word spreads like I know from a UCF standpoint word started spreading everybody knew a lot of UCF fans knew that if women's golf won the championship that would clinch the trophy with USF so people were following it and the best way to follow it is by watching it uh, on the street when the, uh, with the digital network I mean. That's instead of just trying to follow social media. So it was tremendous. I really do enjoy it. I'm a believer in it, and that's why uh, I try to do the best I can to help out in my in my own abilities. And I know you're the same way. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's a great cause, and it's a, they, it's great great work and great content and great sporting events. Yeah. So and, and they really have stepped it up too. So um, when you get the chance, check it out on the American dot uh, org. You know, we have a bunch of friends over there who work really hard and. Uh, and you know it's always it's always worth it to see that. So, um, all right, let's flip over to baseball. Uh, UCF baseball right now standing at twenty seven and eleven, and the Knights 
coming off of, uh, well, four consecutive wins right now. They swept East Carolina over the weekend uh, in Greenville, nonetheless, uh, <clears throat> and then defeated Bethune-Cookman uh, at home on Tuesday. And the Knights are home this weekend for three against UConn on uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This is going to be a big test. We talked about how big of a test um, this part of the schedule was for um, for UCF. UConn, boy, are they good. Uh, <laughs> you watched. That's right. You've seen Connecticut up I, close. I saw uh, Connecticut up close. I, I actually did three of their games at the American last year. When yep. they, um, and uh, that is a good team. And, uh, boy, this is going to be – I'm glad UCF has this this test at home because this is going to be tough coming in against UConn, isn't it? Yeah, you're right, but it's going to be an exciting series. UCF's got something to play for. And, uh, look, don't don't snicker at that Bethune-Cookman win. Uh, Bethune-Cookman's having Bethune's a heck good. of a year. The RPI is in the 50s. So that's actually a big win. That's a quality win. And UCF, actually, uh, depending where you look uh, at the time of the recording, their RPI is 22, uh, which is phenomenal. In fact, Kendall Rogers, who's the guru of college baseball, I mean, he's the, he's the go-to guy. At D1Baseball.com has UCF in his projections as a two seed now in the NCAA tournament against in the Gainesville Regional. Two seed, that's the big name. It's, it, what that tells you is not only is this team not a bubble team, they're pretty securely in at this hour. Now things can change, but the point is they're, they have played, they've put themselves in position, Jeff, to play a lot of postseason games, and they've put themselves with that sweep over East Carolina back in the mix in a fascinating conference championship this year. I think, you know, you covered it last year. I think this year it's more wide open than even last year. Yeah. Uh, East Carolina's got their issue. They lost their closer, Ingles. Remember him? He kind of graduated. He was a dominant closer for them. East Carolina's got bullpen issues and things like that. They're at the bottom at 0-9. you got Tulane at the top, who's playing at Houston this weekend. Houston's probably on paper the best team in the league, but UCF beat that team two out of three. And now you got UCF in Connecticut here playing this weekend. So um, this is a tremendous league that I think will get three bids in, maybe four. And I think UCF here in, in a big weekend at home, if they could take two out of three and win the series against Connecticut, they're right in the mix for the conference championship, depending on what happens. You know, so a lot of baseball to go, but the fact that we're having that conversation is tremendous. And, yeah. again, credit to the guys. You know, they had a little bit of a rough patch there, but they've overcome that. And and really, we were there last – I mean, we talked last week. I mean, able to come from behind twice against East Carolina in those two first two games. And I think in that last game of that series, you could tell they kind of took the will out of East Carolina when you – you know, and, and that's what happened. And Sheridan has been phenomenal as the th- number three starter. Uh, it, it's just big. But you're right, Connecticut's very well coached, as you know. By a famous last name of Penders, yeah, Jim <laughs> Penders, yeah, who's the uh, who's the nephew of Tom Penders, yep. the yep. Uh, longtime uh, basketball coach who you know, never co- never actually was a head coach at UConn, but has a number of UConn ties to his family. He actually played at UConn, played baseball and basketball at UConn. Believe it yep. or not, uh, yep. Uh, yep. Tom, yeah, Tommy did, and uh, of course we remember him as the head coach at Texas and later Houston, but. Um, but yeah, his uh, his nephew's been highly successful as the head coach at uh, at UConn for quite some time now. Yeah, so it's going to be a great series. We'll see what happens, and uh, you know, we'll see where they stand at the end of Sunday. But that's going to be a big series. Uh, 
Connecticut has obviously been fits to UCF, but Connecticut's right there. And this is a big series for Connecticut. Connecticut's RPI is like 54. Yeah. So, you know, this is a big series for Connecticut on the road. They're going to be ready because they know they could take two out of three for against UCF on the road. You know, that's quality wins against a, an RPI team in the 20s. So it's a huge series. It's a huge series in the league. I think it's the marquee series of the conference right now, although certainly some will argue Tulane and Houston considering they're at the top of the standings. But uh, I think Connecticut and UCF are legit teams that uh, have aspirations of postseason and make a noise in postseason. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're able to do, uh, what they're able to do against UConn. Um, but UConn, of course, like we mentioned, the American champions last year in baseball, they beat Houston in the final. Um, you know, I saw them last year in the games that they played against Memphis, and uh, boy, they they were just all around solid. A couple guys graduated, but uh, they still got a pretty good core. Uh, coming back, so make sure you check out uh, check that out as well. By the way, another UCF uh, baseball. Oh, two baseball notes I wanted to mention. Quick look at the standings. By the way, UCF right now in fifth. You talked about how crazy it is, though. Right now, actually, I should say the Knights are tied for fourth uh, with USF. Both teams at five and four coming into this conference weekend. Houston and UConn tied for second at six and three. Tulane's at seven and two. So um, that's you know, and and obviously East Carolina off to a very bad start. 0-9 in the league, so that was just what the doctor ordered as far as uh, UCF is concerned. Now they get to uh, test their medal against a team one game ahead of them in the uh, standings. The other note I wanted to mention, this is and this is a good one, um, Philadelphia Phillies called up Ben Lively uh, on Wednesday. Uh, he is, uh, he got called, it's a temporary call-up from AAA Lehigh Valley uh, as he takes the place of Pat Neshek, who went on pater- paternity leave in the Phillies' Uh, bullpen. He's on the forty-man roster, so that's fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's getting Ben UCF grad. He's getting a shot at the majors. Um, he was the uh, Phillies organization's pitcher of the year last year. He won eighteen games uh, and uh, recorded an ERA of two point six nine for for his career in the minors. Uh, he he has an, e, uh, an ERA of 3.08, but has never pitched in relief. They're thinking he's going to pitch in relief out of the bullpen for the Phillies while he's up with the big club. Um, but chance to show his stuff at the uh, uh, at, at the big at the big league level. So congrats to Ben, huh? Yeah, I mean he well deserved. I mean he was a great pitcher here. Watt covered him, and, uh, yeah, he's been working up that, you know, the big league roster. I mean, Phillies have a lot of young pitchers, too. Yeah. I mean, he start, you know, he's, he's been working with guys there recently, like Aaron Nola, who's a kid from LSU, uh, among others. I mean, they got a lot of young staff there, and uh, great to get him to get a taste of it, what it's going to be like in the big leagues. Yeah. That'll be exciting for him. So uh, I but, think, you know, he, he'll do well. I think he'll do well in, in the long run. By the way, one of the guys he, who also got called up with him, this is an interesting name. Mark Leiter Jr. There you go. Yeah, Mark Leiter. Those of you old baseball folk from the 90s remember Mark Leiter, who's the brother of Al Leiter, uh, yep. longtime pitcher for the Marlins, the Yankees, the Mets, just about everybody in between. Uh, Mark Leiter Jr. got called up uh, as well, along with Ben Lally. So uh, congrats to uh, Ben and uh, on making the big squad, and uh, hopefully – you know, I, I'm guessing that they're probably, you know, once Nishet gets, uh, you know, comes back, um, right. they'll probably send Ben back down. But hopefully he won't be back down for long. I hope that he gets a chance with 
uh, the Phillies once again. So, by the way, for any uh, UCF baseball news, make sure you follow our buddy Brian Murphy at Spokes underscore Murphy uh, on Twitter. So he's got the he's got the latest on UCF baseball. Uh, keeping track of those uh, as the nice roll on through to in their first year under uh, Greg Lovelady again. So big weekend series with Connecticut uh, coming up. All right, let's flip over to softball. Eric Lopez. Um, the latest right now on the Knights, they lost to Florida at Gainesville um, on Wednesday, nine to one in six innings. That's pretty much expected. Florida's pretty good, so UCF has UCF softball has the weekend off because of the odd number of teams in the American. Correct. Couldn't have come at a better time, though, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, I was up there in Gainesville. I called the game, and let me correct you: it's not Florida. It's number one ranked Florida. Yeah. Well. All right. It's the second time this year UCF's played the number one ranked team in the country. They played you. They hosted Florida State All of a earlier sudden, this, this schedule's, year. The schedule looks brutal looking back at it, doesn't it? Yeah, you think? Um, that's why I, sometimes records are misleading. Yes, this team's twenty three and twenty. Look at the schedule. They played a lot of tough teams, and it's tough when you're playing. You know, you host Florida State. They're ranked number one, and then you go up to Gainesville about a month later, and they're number one, and they're Jeez, legit. Louise. So. Um, and a lot of veterans, a lot of veterans, and that's the thing. Florida has a lot of veterans, been there, done that, especially in the pitching. Yeah. Been there, done that, and got the hardware, too. Exactly, and they're number one in the country in ERA for a reason. And, you know, for a lot of the young players, it was the first time they played at Katie Cishu Presley Stadium, uh, believe it or not, because of a young team, and that's a tough environment, and I think that's a learning experience And for some of them in that roster, and, you know, they'll be better for it moving forward. Uh, from that standpoint. So, look, I think the bye week does come in. I think they're banged up a little bit. They kind of clear their heads a little bit, get ready for the stretch run with UConn senior weekend. It'll be an emotional weekend every time you have seniors. And then you go to, uh, you know, you got Bethune in a, on the road and then at Tulsa and then the conference tournament in Greenville, which, uh, you know, UCF's get. If you're a UCF right now, you know, realistically, you're probably not going to catch Tulsa for the conference championship unless you get some help. Uh, even though you do finish the year at Tulsa, but it's going to be tough. But if you're UCF, if you can finish second or third, you know, in that, you know, that's kind of the race. If you can get second place on the opposite side of Tulsa, you can make a run into the championship and get that automatic bid. So, and you want to be fine tuned going into that tournament. So, um, you know, the Florida game was a disappointment, but let's not forget, Jeff, they beat USF yep. again, two out of three, winning that series. They've won every time they've beat, played USF in the conference since they joined in 2014 in softball. And uh, and it's funny, for the second year in a row, Jeff, they did it in extra innings to win the series. This year was a walk-off. In fact, uh, I'm going to pat myself here. Uh, let, let's, let's hear how I called Kira Klarkowski's heroic hit. Roll the tape. And Klarkowski drops one into right. That's going to drop in for a hit. Lauer's coming around to score. And the Knights win it. Five to four on a walk-off RBI hit for the freshman. All right, there you go. As you can tell, Jeff, I almost lost my voice there. But uh, it was a dramatic win. And, and, you know, Kira Klarkowski, major in criminal justice, by the way. Uh, The judge, Kira Klarkowski. You know, big win. I mean, that's a huge win, emotional series win for them against USF. And, uh, look, I mean, they, they're trying to make a deep run, and that was a big confidence booster. Aaliyah White pitched well in that series. Uh, has she, becoming, been, by has the she way. been something else this, at this point in the year? I mean, I, I, I can't sing her praises enough because um, – and she had to come in in some tough spots, you know, in the second yes. game of the series too. Yep. Um, yep. You know, with the one that UCF lost. I mean, that's, that's a t- – you know, 
we were talking about it in the in the press box. You're like, man, um, you know, they're going to get it. USF is going to see a lot of Aaliyah White <laughs> in this in this weekend, and it didn't matter. She pitched really well, I thought, in the third game as well. She has, she has, and and, and really, if you look at her year, remember she's a true freshman and arguably playing the most scrutinized, you know, other than maybe uh, maybe the, if you want to say the quarterback position on campus at football, maybe the most scrutinized position in all of UCF athletics when you think about it uh, with the tradition that softball has with the great pitchers that have come from that program, going back to Dottie Cup when you were there, yeah. when the program started, Lindsey Enders, who led UCF to the 2005 A-Sun uh, Championship in Boca, which you were there, uh, through Allison Kime, who was an all-region player and led UCF to the 08 Championship. Uh, even Ashley Cole, who you covered, uh, which was in 2010, led him to the NCAA Tournament mm-hmm. as an at-large. Kenzie Otis was a freshman of the year in Conference USA uh, and, and led UCF to the NCAA Tournament as the all-time strikeout leader, helped UCF get to three NCAA Tournaments, two conference championships, alongside her co- her partner, Shelby Turnier, who became the first ever All-American in program history, and is the all-time winningest pitcher in program history. My point is, a lot of great pitchers have come here, so it's a very scrutinized position. People, you know, it's a, and, and she knows that. Um, she's acknowledged it. She knows who she's following. And for her, you know, to get to 16 wins uh, at this time of this recording and lead the team in victories, lead them in most of the pitching categories, uh, I, I think she has done very well for herself, and 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 the future is bright for her. And the game that, and again, it, it who knows what the rest of the year will bring, but to me, the game that will that kind of really was the game that kind of clinched it for me. It, it was that USF Thursday night game on a nationally televised scene on ESPNU, and she shut them down with three hits. Shut them down. You were there. Yeah. Uh, very poised kid. Super competitive. Wants the ball. And, um, you know, for a freshman in UCF, other than Mackenzie Otis's freshman year in 2012, this doesn't happen. Usually there's a veteran, a second year pitcher or third year pitcher that's leading the staff in all these categories. Other than Mackenzie Otis in 2012, this hasn't really happened. And if you take away Mackenzie Otis, this is probably the best freshman year that any pitcher in UCF softball history. Obviously, Mackenzie's got that mark. But that just tells you what Aliyah's done a heck of a job for being a freshman. Yeah, I, I was just—I mean, what can you say about that first that first performance she had against USF? She was great. Um, yeah, and again, I mean, you know, the future really is bright. I think that we're kind of kind of kind of look back at this year and say, you know, wow, there was a lot of things that you know t- that UCF can build upon. And you know, it's funny; it, it does feel like a rebuilding year, and yet they're in second place in the league. And yeah, you know, and that's the amazing shot, part about it. Yeah, they got a shot to play more and play themselves in. And right. you know, I know for a fact that next year they got a great pitcher coming in from down in the South Florida area, which uh, you know will be exciting. That will certainly, uh, I know, in the, talking to the staff could be an equal right there with Aliyah, and that could be a nice one-two punch like they had with Mackenzie and Shelby moving forward. And you still got Cameron Tony, the kid from Georgia. She's a freshman as well. Boy, she's so, been you know, good, too. It's been very good, too. So it's a young team, and that's the thing. you got to move to the forward and let them kind of grow in their own pace. And uh, so it'll be fascinating to see uh, them grow. But you're right. I think this bye week comes very good for them. And uh, they got a chance to gear up and take on Connecticut, which I think is a big series. 
last home series, believe it or not. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're going to come out ready to play. How weird, by the way. They've got a bye week this weekend, but I have a softball game. I got to do USF Memphis for the digital network. That's I mean, right. How bizarre. Very bizarre. And also. It's not bizarre. You know what you're doing. Yeah, I'm working with former night, Allison Kine, by the way. Speaking of which, we'll be on that cool 630 on Saturday. So you can do a little back and forth between the tennis championships uh, and watch the little bit of the softball there if you choose to on the digital network. But the other thing this weekend that's going on, ironically, uh, Stetson and UNF are playing a softball series in the land, which will match, match up. Shelby Turnier is the assistant coach in her first year at UNF. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Yuvari, DP yeah, for the night. Right. She's a volunteer coach at Stetson. So a little UCF versus UCF. Just a little added bonus there uh, for the podcast there. will be fun. I'm actually going to be – I'll be uh, heading out there to see them uh, on Sunday, actually. So that'll be fun. Look at us, man. You see, we got two UCF people calling this USF uh, softball game. <laughs> and then in the other – and then the, the Stetson-UNF game, we got two more UCF people. We're taking over. We're everywhere. UCF is literally overtaking that's college right. softball as we speak. So that's, that's good. what we try. All right, one last note before we get going. 2017 NFL regular season schedule has come out. And uh, I thought this was of note. I wanted to pass it along. You know, I mean, obviously, you can go to NFL.com and see all this. But a um, couple nights making their debuts in uh, new uniforms this year. Uh, we talked about uh, the first one that I'm really going to be interested in, for obvious reasons, is uh, first Sunday of the season, September 10th. 8.30 p.m., Giants at Cowboys. Noteworthy, not just because I'm a Giants fan, and uh, every year we open the season at Dallas. Fifth time missed. in six years, by the way, Giants-Cowboys On open the NBC, season. On NBC, nonetheless. But not just that, yeah. but also Brandon Marshall getting his uh, making his first appearance, at least scheduled to be, uh, as a Giants, first regular season appearance yeah. on uh, national TV um, at Dallas. So that should be fun watching him uh absolutely roast Dallas's poorest secondary. Uh, and then in addition to that, the following night, Monday, September the 11th, uh, ESPN's doing that opening Monday night doubleheader thing again. And the first game, Saints at Vikings, Latavius Murray making his debut as a Minnesota yeah. Viking on uh, Monday, the, Monday, September 11th. Let me throw this to you, Eric Lopez. Who's going to have the better first season in their new digs? Brandon Marshall with the Giants or Latavius Murray with the Vikings? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to go with Marshall because I still have questions about the Vikings' offensive line. Okay. And I do worry about that for Latavius, even though I think Latavius will be the featured guy. But I'm going to say Marshall. I think Marshall still has a lot to play with. You can speak better than I can. Giants love to use a lot of three wide sets. Yep. And with Odell Beckham getting a lot of attention, I think there'll be opportunities for Brandon there. This will be the first time in Brandon's career that he's not been double teamed as a pro. Right. He'll be the number two there. We got Sterling Shepard, the young kid, too, also be in the mix. So talented receivers. I I would go with Brandon. I would go with Brandon just because I I think he's going to get a lot of looks there. And uh, whereas Latavius, I do worry about that uh, offensive line for Minnesota and whether where he's going to be able to run. Yeah, some other notes also uh, for the the Jacksonville Jaguars start their season uh, 1 p.m. on the Sunday at Houston. So hoping Blake Bortles will still be the starter there. 
Um, who knows what the draft may hold in may hold in store? Draft uh, next week. Next, NFL yeah, draft. next week. NFL draft. Yeah, which nights get drafted will be uh, interesting to see. As always, a story. Uh, of course, with Griffin in the mix. Yeah, Shaquille uh, Griffin, uh, who showed quite well in the workouts. Yeah, I think people are talking from what I've read and and, and seen uh, online and stuff. Maybe a third, maybe a fourth round pick. Maybe. I mean, that's a. Uh, a possibility there, so that'll be fun to follow so, next week. And certainly worth watching the third the third day of the draft to see where Shaquille comes through. I I I, I do yep. think he will he will get drafted, and um, and that that's one thing that I'm going to be keeping an eye on with the uh, NFL draft. I can't. Is, is it really next week? Hey, men to that, oh my I love looking forward. Is, look forward oh man, where is 2017 going? All right, cool. Well, we'll by be the way, out. yeah, go ahead. One thing uh, before we do go, uh, we and, and for but for the audience, by the way, we recommend you check out our previous podcast. We had Brandon Hellwig on. We did an in-depth yes. preview of the spring game. So for your spring game, just go to our previous podcast. We'll actually we'll put it up uh, to talk about in-depth the, the big questions going into the spring game. Brandon was fantastic on that. UCFSports.com uh, does a great job, and we interviewed him in the last pro- podcast. So get your spring game fix there. One noteworthy thing that I want you to pick your brain on that okay. just uh, was announced today, Thursday, that the spring game will be streamed online by UCF. They're going right. to stream it. Um, your, rea- your reaction to that? About that uh, on time. <laughs> the game will be uh, 6.30. Uh, but, you know, and obviously there's a lot of events going on. on it. And, of course, baseball games at 1 o'clock on Saturday. So that's kind of a nice little double dip there. Right. But the game, they're going to offer streaming, apparently. You can watch it now, I guess, online uh, on the UCFNights.com on that UCF Nights TV, uh, which I think is a nice addition to, if, uh, for people that have that UCF Nights TV package, don't right. you? I agree. I do have the package. It's great. Um, and uh, the I'm happy that they're streaming the spring game. You know, I mean, there's always sort of that um, debate, I'm sure, that, that they had internally about why are we streaming the spring game if we're trying to get people to buy tickets to see it. And, but, but for me, the thought is, well, you're, they're all, people are already paying for it. They're paying Correct. for the um, UCFnights.tv uh, package. So, you know, they're already spending the money. They're in the door. So you may as well give them the product, right? Well, and again, it's going to be on UCF Night TV, as I understand it, and uh, I think you know. So, if you've got a subscription, you'll be able to watch it. So, you, I mean, to me, it's not Leo. You know, that I, I do like that. <laughs> and also, uh, to, to me, it's like if you care enough to watch the spring game on right. live, you're probably going to care enough to be at the spring game in person anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but you'll be surprised. I mean, there will probably be some people that'll check it out just you know because they're out of town or whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, there, there's those exceptions on. to it. Yeah, yeah. but if, you know, uh-huh. but like, how many people are going to be are, are going to you know on Saturday sit you know sit down in front of the couch and you know and crack open a cold one and be like, honey, don't bother me. I'm watching the UCF spring game tonight. I do wonder. You know, because, I mean, street spring games get televised everywhere. I mean, Florida and Florida State are on their spring games. Like FSU was on ESPN a couple of weeks back. Florida right. was on SEC Network and all these schools, a lot of them. And I do wonder, you know, if 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 with UCF probably seeing that, you know, streaming these games, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's a chance to push the UCF Knights TV package. It's a chance to, um, you know, get a few, you know, some people more attention maybe. I, I don't I, – I'm, I'm very pleased to see – 
that direction. They're going in that direction. And by the way, Tuck and O'Neill on Friday, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, on Friday, April 21st, 4.30 Eastern, Scott Frost will talk to uh, Jerry O'Neill and Mike Tuck on the uh, Tuck some spring game. So Good stuff, those are, is your football uh, fix there for our audience there. And a little bit more insight from Scott Frost, courtesy of Eric Lopez. So that should be fun as well. So let's wrap it up here for the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. Um, huge, huge thanks once again to Emily Marin, head coach of the 2017 American Athletic Conference champion UCF women's golf team. Thanks also to uh, Haley Outen of the American Digital Network and the American Athletic Conference for joining us as our guests today. Thanks also to Andy Seeley for getting everything uh, set up as well from UCF. Uh, athletics as well. Don't forget, uh, you can hit up blackandgoldbanneret.com for all of the latest info on our podcast, including also uh, Brian Murphy's uh, baseball coverage. You can follow him on Twitter at spokes underscore Murphy. You can follow the banneret as well at UCF underscore banneret on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff underscore Sharon, and you can follow Eric Lopez at Eric Lopez Elo. That's where you can find me and, and uh, my busy weekend which will include hosting the Insider Show on Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. from Universal Nissan at the corner of 417 and Orange Blossom Trail. I'll be calling the USF Memphis game, 6.30 Eastern from Tampa on the American Digital Network. And who knows what else I'll be doing beyond that, but you can follow me on Eric Lopezilo to find out what else I'll be doing. Haley was right. Yeah, just when you think basketball's over, oh, it's a breeze the rest of the way. No, it's only just getting started. Uh, you can right. also hit us up on Facebook at Black and Gold Banneret. Uh, and, uh, and also on blackandgoldbanneret.com, you can subscribe to us via your email. Anything new that pops up, new article, new podcast, goes right to your email inbox. It's awesome. Uh, don't forget, if uh, you haven't subscribed to us yet, uh, you should do so via iTunes, uh, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. Leave us a rating on iTunes. Send us, uh, send us a message. Tell us how, how well we're doing and what else you'd like to hear from us. Um, as well. So, once again, for Eric Lopez, my name is Jeff Sharon. Thank you so much for listening. This has been the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. <laughs>